eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? Good morning. Afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, Lane's homecoming time. Gonna roll out the orange carpet for him time? Probably not time. Hope you like offense this week time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a very pleasant, very sunny, nice 80-degree day here at Fort Rucker Studio, just a couple miles away. Uh, 1.9 miles, 2.0 miles, somewhere in that range uh, over to Neyland Stadium where Tennessee on Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, will host Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels uh, Rebels in a game that uh, could be a lot of points. You got two of the top seven scoring offenses in the country facing each other. Uh, Which team is better defensively? Sort of a matter of interpretation, I guess. You, You could argue either way looking at the numbers. We'll have much more on that later. Also going to talk a little recruiting on this episode. So not just Tennessee, South Carolina, not just Tennessee, Ole Miss. We'll also talk recruiting so you know what that means. That means we're going to go over to the home daycare center of one Ryan Callahan. And normally we have Patrick Brown on Mondays. We're switching it up. Today it is Ryan. So, uh, Ryan, buddy, how you doing? Hey, doing all right. How are you? Uh, Doing all right. A little uh, tired today, if I'm being honest. I think my neighbor is – working on uh, his back the back deck and uh so they started working pretty early this morning which meant that the uh, corgi alarm clock was alive and well and uh mm. there's no there's no polite way to say this i, I woke up at about what seven forty-five to a uh an angry barking corgi who was teabagging me looking out the window trying to bark at the neighbor that oh. that that was how i woke up this morning with a corgi teabag that was my uh, so so maybe the, the the Brits they love their corgis they love their tea I don't think they like it like that uh, so so that's how my day started uh, so I've been uh, yawning a little bit today been a little tired but that's all right you know you got what eighteen kids over at your house you're probably tired all the time yeah yeah that's part of it but uh, yeah thankfully no uh, yeah didn't expect a teabag reference within the first three minutes or so but here we are well you never know what's going to happen to Fort Rucker Studio head on a swivel. And and you know what, Ryan? I think head on a swivel is kind of a good way to to describe this this week in general. You know, we, we've been saying for, you know, go into this season thinking that you could put the games Tennessee was going to play into three pots. Right? You, you had the pot of 
well, they're probably going to win this one. And then you have the second pot, which is probably not going to win the, these. And then you have those games in the middle where they're kind of, to one degree or another, they're toss-up games. And and I put Ole Miss in that category uh, early in, you know, going into the season. And a lot of people, I won't mention names, but but Grant Ramey uh, d- dismissed that and said that was just not going to happen. The past couple of weeks, maybe that changes things a little bit. Tennessee opens as just a three-point underdog uh, against Lane Kiffin and his Ole Miss Rebels. The Vols have put up 56 points uh, in the past two uh, first halves. I believe Tennessee put up like, uh, what, 83 points in, in the past two first halves and then um, 100 points like in a six-quarter stretch. Granted, against Mizzou and South Carolina, but still Tennessee figuring things out offensively and now you have, you know, probably the an even better version of this Tennessee offense rolling into Neyland Stadium. It's Lane Kiffin's coaching it. It's a fun week, man. It's fun. This this is set up to be a lot of fun. Uh, we, we already heard of some uh, some national uh, media folks coming to town this weekend, uh, including our own Josh Pate bringing his uh, his his national tour. I guess you could say uh, where he's he's been going around to games his skinny, every week his, and his skinny t-shirt his medium t-shirt tour. Yeah, uh, and I have no doubt he'll be uh, he'll be in that same uh, attire for Saturday's game. I would imagine, but <laughs> but he yeah he's he's coming to the game Saturday. So yeah, it, it's it's going to be a fun one that I think a lot of people will be watching, despite the fact that it's somehow on SEC Network. I had forgotten that that was the TV designation for this one. That seems like a an odd pick uh, uh maybe maybe a pretty good lineup this week i, I guess but still that's a that, this is one of the more intriguing matchups on the on the list of games to me despite the fact that it's it's only one top 25 team you've got a tennessee team that's clearly hitting its stride offensively uh and and hey i i'm with i was with grant going into the year i, I did not think tennessee really had much of a chance at winning this game going into the season and even a couple of weeks ago, I probably would not have given Tennessee much of a chance because I just I just thought Ole Miss would be able to sort of not, maybe not name it score, but score a, a pretty healthy number of points. I didn't expect much from Tennessee's defense this year. And I thought Tennessee's offense would definitely show improvement this year, but I didn't expect it to be sort of clicking on all cylinders the way it has been the past two weeks, albeit against obviously lesser competition. Uh, although South Carolina does at least have a solid defense, so to me scoring 38 points in the first half of that game actually means something. That that's not a bad South Carolina defense by any stretch. So I, I'm back to thinking this is a game Tennessee could win on the right day. I mean, I, I don't know how how close it ends up being. Uh, when you got two offenses that can score like this, it could end up being a two or three touchdown game either way, realistically. But I, I just think Tennessee's defense has been a pleasant surprise. It, it, it's certainly capable of making enough stops to to give Tennessee a chance to win this game and the way Tennessee played in the first half of each of the past two games, I, I certainly can't rule out that Tennessee scores enough to, to hang right there with an Ole Miss team that obviously has a really good offense. So this, this should be a lot of fun and, and no doubt the return of Lane Kiffin for the first time as a head coach only adds to the excitement and Hey, it's Tennessee's first major night game of the season. And uh, you know, I guess the season opener, but, you know, Bowling Green, not the same level of excitement, even though it was the Heupel debut, not as much excitement as there will be for this one. So I'm expecting a big crowd, probably probably Tennessee's biggest crowd of the season so far, I would imagine, and uh, maybe even well over 90,000. So, yeah, it's, it's set up for a fun week. Well, here's my point, and, and here's here's why I said that I 
that I wasn't just convinced from the beginning this was going to be, you know, an, an Ole Miss comfortable win. And again, if I have to pick today, I'm still probably picking Ole Miss to win this game. Uh, you know, just like I picked Mizzou, and I didn't get any crap for that. But you, you know, you you look at you look at Ole Miss's past two years, right? You, you know, they kind of win the games they're supposed to win and they lose the games they're supposed to lose, and when they play pretty good teams, it's almost always close. It's not like they're just completely blowing people out of the water. I mean, Louisville, yeah, that that game ended up 43-24. It felt like it was wider than that because Louisville just was so terrible early in that football game. But you had Arkansas last week. They host Arkansas. It's 52-51. Arkansas is a good team, as we know, but not what you would call an invincible team. And then you go back to last season and you look at it, I mean – you know, four-point loss to Florida, one-point win over Kentucky, the 15-point loss in that great game against Alabama, 15, you know, 12-point loss at Arkansas, seven-point loss to Auburn, blew out Vandy, you know, you know, South Carolina won by, what, 15 points, Mississippi State won by seven points, lost to Ole Miss, you know, to LSU, five points, beat Indiana 26 to 20. It's not like they're just going out there and running over people. They don't play great defense. They really don't. And that, the way Tennessee can play offensively, as long as Tennessee doesn't turn the ball over, it's. I think it's going to be in this game. I, I just don't think it's – I don't think Ole Miss is going to go out there and just physically overwhelm them at Neyland Stadium at night. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. And I, I, I think – I think the biggest and plus t- Tennessee should be healthier. I, I think that's the the biggest thing I, I took away from from Josh Heupel's press conference on Monday that you know they're expecting a lot of guys back uh, this this week. You know, uh, aside from Jawan Mitchell, which which he announced uh, Monday that the uh, the senior linebacker Texas transfer is is done for the year after uh, undergoing shoulder surgery recently. I you know, it sounds like they're expecting a lot of those guys to come back this week. So that would include Jabari Small, Cooper Mays, some important players, and and a, a healthy Tennessee team uh, with at least a lot of those guys back. Absolutely is is capable of keeping up with Ole Miss the way the way Tennessee has played the past couple weeks. Uh, they 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 clearly have found something with Hendon Hooker at quarterback. He he ranks number one in the SEC and fifth nationally in pass efficiency. Uh, that's that's impressive. So. You've got uh, you've got multiple reasons to think Tennessee can hang around in this, and as you said, Ole Miss. I think the people who think Ole Miss is not invincible, obviously, but think think of Ole Miss as a really good, tough to beat team, are often the ones who give them a lot of credit for playing Alabama tough and and you know winning a, a game or two here or there, and don't necessarily watch them every week. I feel like they're a like you said a pretty human team in a lot of ways. You know, they, they tried to give away that game against Arkansas Saturday a couple times. Uh, Lane Kiffin's aggression, to me, is an interesting subplot to this game. If it ends up being a close game, Kiffin's had a pretty recent trend in particular, but, but definitely a trend of going forward on a lot of fourth downs and in some weird spots. They had a turnover on downs on their own side of the field in a close game Saturday. Uh, that, that could show up again in a big spot if this game ends up being pretty close. So that's definitely something to watch. And, you know, how, how does – how does Kiffin respond, you know, be, being in that environment at Neyland again, you know, does he 
Does he want to put on a show and, you know, oh, win let, comfortably? Let, let's answer that right now. He absolutely wants yeah. to put on a show. He absolutely wants to. It, it's like stepping in there and, you know, going to a high school reunion and, and you know, bumping into like, you know, you know, your ex-wife is going to be there. And, you know, you got to you want to you want to roll in like in a limousine, you know, with, with a tux looking great with a hot girl on your arm. That's what Lane wants to do. Yeah. So so does that play into his desire to be? aggressive even more you know i think that that is something that definitely could it, it could sway the game either way you know it could, could obviously work out for Ole miss and and they could hit on some fourth downs that are backbreakers or it could really swing the game in tennessee's favor early especially if tennessee comes out hot like it has the past two weeks so i i, I think I, I think this is definitely a game tennessee could win and, and two or three weeks ago I, I don't think i would have said that i think they've really They've really convinced me the past two weeks. And, and I know just Missouri and just South Carolina, and we may look back and those both might be losing teams at the end of the year. But uh, just I, I'm impressed by what Tennessee has gotten done offensively so far and, and just how they've pieced things together through some injuries too. The, this team not having a lot of depth. And if you told me, hey, Theo Jackson's going to be out against, against South Carolina and all those guys they were missing on defense and they're still going to roll by 25, I would have said you're crazy. So they've – they have managed to hold things together with with duct tape and have it not look like they're they're in such dire straits. They're they're playing well on both sides of the ball, and that gives them a chance in a game like this. And, and they've also, for like three games in a row now, they have only played Tyler Barron when they've absolutely needed him. Uh, he he spends a lot of the game on the sideline, and then he he's kind of like the the uh, seems to me like he's like a fire extinguisher. Like he sits there, like you know, break use only when needed. And they bring him in there a lot of times for possessions. You know, when South Carolina started to kind of make a little bit of a, a spurt there in the in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, they put him in there to try putting out the fire, and he immediately gets a sack. So they're, they're managing a lot of guys, too, trying to get them healthier for what's going to be this stretch run of games. Um, but I, I think the point you just made, Ryan, is something that I really wanted to talk about, which is I mentioned this in the column after the game, and it, it, it's no small thing that Tennessee has already proved that it is not in the lowest tier in this league. And that going into the season was, if we're being honest, that's where a lot of people thought Tennessee was. I was not convinced of it, but I was leaning that way, and a lot of people thought Tennessee is right down there with uh, Mizzou and South Carolina, Vandy, that kind of group of teams. And right now Tennessee has proved convincingly the past two weeks, that it is nowhere near that lowest tier in the league. The question now, is Tennessee actually in that middle middle tier or is it in between? That's what games like uh, this one, games like Kentucky, that's what they're going to show you, is how close Tennessee is to the middle of the league, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I've, I've kind of felt that way too, but it, it's time to start looking at Kentucky a little bit differently probably. I mean, this – this next stretch of uh, we, we, these next... we will see. We will see. I'm still not yeah, convinced. I, I mean, I, I I would have lost a ton of money if I had actually put money on Kentucky games this year. Kentucky and Wisconsin, for different reasons, would have murdered my bank account. It, it, yeah. If I had, because I have just been, you know, it, it, it's. I, I guess I, I got a lot of family that are really close to that program, and I, I know it pretty well. And it's just kind of hard to believe sometimes that it's doing what it's doing, and that's not fair. But. I still, I'm like, nah, let's go see what you do against Georgia. Right. Well, and and hey, I'm not saying Kentucky's going to go 11 and one. I I don't know if that's that that's what we're looking at. But I mean, I, right now, based on what they've done so far, 
I would have them as a top five team. I, they've, they've been as impressive as anybody. The only thing keeping them a little bit lower is the, is the preseason polls. <laughs> the fact that Kentucky didn't get a lot of credit going into the season, but they are, they are a legitimately good team. And in this next four game, this next stretch of four games for Tennessee is what four top 13 teams in the country. I mean, yes. this is what the sec is, but they're going into one of those meat grinders right now where we're, we're, we're going to find out maybe, maybe a little more so whether Tennessee can hang with the top tier of this conference. I, I'd, I'd say you can make the argument that, that Ole Miss is maybe the, the toward the bottom of the top tier in the sec this year. Yeah. Or, or, or the middle or, or the top of the middle tier, or, yeah. or, you know, somewhere in there. Right. And we'll, we'll find out more on that Saturday night for sure. Uh, you know, does, does Tennessee end up being, uh, you know, kind of in the top of the middle of the middle of the pack. If you beat Ole Miss, they could certainly be in that discussion. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I said it all, all along. I, I thought Tennessee would be, you know, what, what those Missouri teams where Josh Heupel was the offensive coordinator, what those teams turned out to be a tough, tough matchup for everyone they play and the kind of, kind of game that because they just they do something a little different with that tempo that you can't really count them out completely of any game because you just can't rule out that they get hot on offense and make it interesting and 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 that includes teams like Alabama and Georgia on the right day you can't rule out that Tennessee goes out there scores a bunch of points and actually makes some stops on defense and makes it interesting so that they just play that type of style and they're playing it well now to, to where that's the case but yeah, we will find out a lot more about these two programs Saturday night. And if it plays out like the odds makers obviously are projecting so far, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be pretty high scoring. Uh, Josh Heupel, you know, said Monday you can't go in expecting it to to be a race for points, but I think a lot of us expect it to turn into that one way or the other. Um, that means it's probably going to go the other way, you know, right? I, I, I thought a, a couple of these these games this year would be different. I thought old uh, the Missouri game would be fairly low scoring. I thought Tennessee might win that one with 31 or 34 points that they end up scoring 62. So sometimes you think, you know, how a game's going to go and you absolutely don't. But I think a lot of people would be surprised if this isn't a pretty high scoring game, the over uh, over under opened at like 78 and it's already up to, I think 79 and a half this afternoon. So it's, it's, it's a game where everyone expects this to take 45 points or more probably for, for one of these teams to win it. And, and, Tennessee's capable of doing that. So uh, we'll, we'll find out again where they stand uh, compared to a team like Ole Miss that's obviously been ranked for a few weeks. Uh, we'll find out Saturday night. Yeah, sometimes, you know, in football, like Heupel said, that there will be games that you expect to be low scoring and they turn to shootouts. And there will be games that you expect to be absolute barn burner shootouts and they turn out to be, you know, kind of duds with a, you know, 21 to 17 or 21 to, to 10 kind of game. So you never really know. But as you look at these matchups, I just don't see any way around this being a high-scoring football game. I, I just don't uh, – th- there's one thing, and I'll talk about it here after the break, that, that makes me think there's one reason and one reason alone that I think this maybe maybe could be a little bit lower scoring than people think. I'm not predicting that. I don't think it'll happen. But there's only one scenario I can see where that might even close to – that might actually happen. So let's go ahead. Let's step away. Let's take a break. Let's pay some bills. Listen to some products, services, in-house ads, and other fun things. And I'm going to come back and we'll discuss this more because I, I think there's there's only one reason this could be a lower scoring game. So let's let's go ahead and go to break and then we'll come back and talk about it. Hashtag ad. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Govals 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center across town. Talking Tennessee football. The Vols playing uh, Ole Miss this week in a very, very fun-looking football game. Uh, Vols, you know, rolled right over uh, rolled right over South Carolina last week. That game, you know, Vols eased up a little bit in the third quarter, but but really, you know, for the per for the past two weeks, they've been putting it on the the the, the lowest tier of teams in the Southeastern Conference. Now they're stepping up, playing a much tougher much tougher team in in a a game that could be a tremendous amount of fun so we got plenty to talk about we're gonna have a few podcasts this week to talk about this stuff and ryan's with me today and we're gonna get back into this after i remind you really quickly guys if you could take about 90 seconds out of your day right now and go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast that would help us tremendously Uh, if you're just listening on the website we love you there's no problem with that no wrong way to listen to this podcast but what really helps us the most is if you go in there on you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher. Anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. And we do this for free. We're happy to do it. No complaints. Uh, no skin off our backs. We are happy to be doing this for you, especially since it's for free. But the one thing we ask in return is if you could rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. That helps us grow this thing as it's done for years since we started it. So we appreciate you doing that. Appreciate you. Ryan, this game got me to thinking that and this is why I asked Josh Heupel on on Monday morning I think you know well Monday afternoon uh, just after lunch and, and asked him about the similarities between these two systems because they're not the same thing but they have a lot of similarities and one thing that's interesting to me is I heard someone uh, around the South Carolina program last week say that preparing for Tennessee kind of felt like a different version of preparing for a service academy because what they do offensively is so different from what you see on a, on a weekly basis. I mean, it's kind of some of the same formations, but they play it at such a tempo and they do some, some stuff that's just different. And it's hard to get your defense ready to go to play with that tempo. And, and you've, seen, you've seen throughout the season, Tennessee is just bludgeoning opponents in the first quarter. Because teams, defenses, you cannot prepare your defense for how quickly this Tennessee offense goes. You can't prepare for it. It's not something that your scout team can learn in a couple days and can give you a good look. However, Ole Miss does some of the same stuff. And Ole Miss and Tennessee are the fastest two 
offenses in Power 5 football in terms of plays per minute. So I'm wondering if both of these defenses won't be a little bit better equipped to handle this than most would be on a weekly basis. Is that a dumb thought, or could that be something? No, I, I think that's a good thought. I, I've wondered that also. And there, there are some fascinating subplots to this game, not just uh, not just that, but the familiarity with, with one another because you've got Jeff Lebby, who was on Hypel's staff at UCF, now Ole Miss's offensive coordinator. Obviously, we know these are Lane Kiffin's and Josh Hypel's offenses, but that's a guy on Ole Miss's staff who knows very well what Josh Hypel wants to do offensively. And, and that that matters. Stuff like that, I think, can definitely play into it, as we saw you know, in the past when Jeremy Pruitt would go against Alabama, Georgia, guys where he had a lot of familiarity. I think I think it mattered in those matchups too. So that I definitely would not uh, would not overlook that. And, and yeah, I think the fact that these teams practice against the same types of offenses essentially that they're going to see Saturday night does does maybe minimize, as you said, the chances of, of Tennessee catching somebody off guard in the first half of this game, or Ole Miss catching Tennessee off guard with what it's doing in the first half. Uh, maybe there won't need to be as many adjustments. And likewise, will will we see some different looks from Tennessee in this game because Josh Heupel knows Jeff Levy knows what to expect? Or will we see some different looks from Ole Miss because they know how to attack Tennessee and it's uh, something they haven't seen on, on tape from Ole Miss this year? You know, things like that. Uh, this could be a fun cat and mouse game, uh, the, the, the matchup here, X's and O's wise. You've got two really good offensive minds uh, in Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel. So that 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 uh that X's and O's showdown to me is a, is a lot of fun potentially. I, I I think the the really interesting thing about this matchup, if you're looking at it, looking for reasons to think Tennessee could win, you look at the defenses. You know, ne- neither one is is elite at all by any means, but you know, Ole Miss is down there toward the bottom of the league in most defensive categories, twelfth in scoring defense in the conference out of fourteen teams. Tennessee though is sixth. They're averaging nearly ten points fewer per game, uh, allowing 10 points fewer per game than Ole Miss. Uh, Run defense, Tennessee, 81 fewer yards per game uh, is what they're allowing on the ground. Passing defenses, both very similar. On the other hand, Ole Miss's run offense, every bit as good as Tennessee's. I'm not sure a lot of people realize that if they haven't watched Ole Miss this year. You know about the passing game, but they run it very well just like Tennessee does. Uh, and they obviously lead the the SEC in, in points. So Ole Miss is going to put up some points in this game, no question. But I, I wondered, does Tennessee's defense give them a, a chance to to maybe make a few more stops than people are expecting in this game? We've seen Tennessee's offense play really well for for a while now. Um, Florida and, and Pittsburgh are really the only two games they've had a lot of trouble. That's the concern if you're if you're Tennessee looking at this game is that Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh gave them fits being able to run around by time. Matt Corral at Ole Miss, very similar in that regard. So I uh, think that, that's the concern for this uh, this matchup. But, yeah, there's some fascinating things about this matchup from the coaching familiarity to the defensive uh, or, or just defenses knowing these offenses. Uh, it, it could be a really fun kind of back and forth uh, coming up with different ideas and adjustments throughout the game that, that could make this uh, even more fun than what we're expecting. Yeah, and Ole Miss has four guys who rush for 50 yards per game. Um, which is a lot, you know, that, and, and, and what I like about that running game is it's kind of a little bit more dynamic than Tennessee's because, you know, I I think, you know, Corral and Hooker, you know, both really good running quarterbacks and and both of them have some guys who can really kind of 
can really kind of run around you in some cases, but, but Ole Miss also has a couple of sledgehammers and, 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 you know, a guy like Ty Evans can run like a sledgehammer, but he, but he, he's just not a huge guy. And, and Ole Miss has a couple of sledgehammers it can throw at you. So, so they've got a lot of things like they can run it right at you or they can get out onto the edge and give you a lot of problems. And last week, Tennessee against Mizzou, Tennessee's defense did not put a lot of, you know, bad feet forward. It just didn't. But there were a couple times against South Carolina where it didn't get to the edge the way you'd like it to and didn't contain quite as well as you'd like to. And a couple of, you know, a couple more dynamic players for South Carolina, maybe that's a different story. So it's maybe not fair to say that because you play who you play that week. It's not like you're playing Bama, Georgia, or, you know, you're playing South Carolina. But still, uh, they didn't. They didn't really set the edge as well as you'd like to a couple times, and they they, they they let a few things leak out. Against Ole Miss, some of those plays go for six points. And, and that is still, to me, the concern because there are a lot of things Tennessee is, is doing a lot better than I think we ever really thought they would defensively, right? South Carolina's got a couple of good backs too, a couple of big, strong guys who can who can run through you. and But Tennessee has done – it's hard to run right at Tennessee. It's hard to just line up and out-muscle Tennessee. What you can do, though, is misdirection, get onto the edge, and give them problems there. But we saw last week, and we need to give him credit for this, Brandon Turnage was a guy who came in last week as number three on the depth chart at nickel, had hardly even practiced at nickel. And because Theo Jackson and Danico Slaughter are both ruled out, he steps into the starting lineup for the first time in his career, playing a position he hasn't really practiced a ton since he's been at Tennessee and he goes out there and gets 14 tackles, two TFLs, and he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Just an absolutely massive tip of the cap to him and to Tim Banks and Willie Martinez and all those guys who helped him get ready because that that was impressive. And that, that's something that Tennessee, quite frankly, hasn't had a lot lately, which is guys who are like third and fourth teamers stepping up and stepping into a role and doing a really good job. And that was huge for Tennessee. But I still think Tennessee at the safety spot can be exposed by this Ole Miss offense. It, it can, and that's that's the the area where you've seen the vulnerability for Tennessee on defense is in the secondary. They they've not faced uh, really a team that can fully exploit that the way Ole Miss can. You know, Pitt is probably the closest we've seen, and again, Kenny Pickett had a very good game against Tennessee, and that was the difference. So this will be uh, <laughs> this will be by far the biggest test Tennessee's secondary has had. And, and Pittsburgh was obviously, you know, good, but not in the same league as what Matt Corral is going to throw at them Saturday night. So they've got to be ready. Uh, I think this, to, to me, the, the key matchup in this game might be Tennessee's pass rush against Ole, Miss, Ole Miss's offensive line. If Tennessee cannot disrupt Matt Corral some and, and do more than just flush him out of the pocket, uh, I think they've got to get some sacks in this game. Yeah, they, need some they, better they, results. They cannot let him get out of the pocket. They just can't. Yeah. So if they if they can't answer the bell, it, it's going to be hard to slow down Ole Miss because Corral is slippery. He is he is really good outside the pocket. He can make tons of plays in different ways. They they've just got to find ways to keep him in the pocket. Maybe if he's going to throw it and and get some pressure on him and disrupt things. And they've not. That's one area on defense where they've not been great at times. You know they they've not had a lot of sacks. They've not closed the deal enough. Um, again, as you said, Tyler Barron's not been out there uh, for a ton of snaps each game uh, because of the injury he's been dealing with. I think a hamstring. And then Byron Young, you know, we heard a lot about him in camp. They, they missed him for those first two games. He's gotten back out there, gotten up to speed these first three games. 
but he's not, he's not had that explosion yet. He's not, he's not had that big game that, that people were kind of hoping they would see right away. This would be a heck of a time for him to burst onto the scene and, and make some plays, but they, they need someone like that to, to emerge and they need to, to find a way to disrupt things because that's, that's one of the only ways you can slow down Ole Miss sometimes is get them behind the sticks a little bit, get a sack or make a big stop on third down with the sack or with pressure. So that, that's, that's to me the big matchup in this game for Tennessee. Can they show something better defensively with their pass rush than what we've seen through these first five or first six games now. And I think in fairness, we we have seen a little bit more from Byron Young as the season has progressed. He, he I wouldn't say he's really put a stamp on any games yet, but he has made a, a couple of big plays the past couple of weeks. He's had some really nice rushes. Yes. But, there, but there's another level he's got to get to, and they need to take the handbrake off Tyler Barron in this game if possible. And, and it, it, to me, that means that if he's on a pitch count, right, and, and you've got to – you know, monitor his snaps a little bit the next few weeks. This would be the game to go out there and use him um, because Bama and Georgia, those – I'm just being real. I think we all are. Though, Tennessee athletically gets challenged in those games. It'll be challenged by Ole Miss too, but this is much more of a true toss-up game uh, or closer to that than those other ones are. I would use him as much as he can handle this week. Uh, and then deal with the percussions of it later, if, if that's the situation with his, you know, hamstring leg, whatever it is. So th- they've got to, they got to make decisions on these guys. And we've seen this for the past few weeks, Ryan. There have been guys like Jabari Small, uh, guys like obviously Barron, guys, you know, Theo Jackson last week, guys that kind of maybe could have played, but they chose not to um, for different reasons. I, I think saving them. First off, you're you're trying to take care of their their safety, right? That's number one. But also, you're trying to manage a long, grueling season, and this is the kind of game where you need them. Absolutely, this is you. You've got to have them. That as we as we said, you know, that going into those last two games against Missouri and South Carolina, I think you viewed those as games that would largely de- go or go a long way toward defining Tennessee's season. If they had lost either one of those it obviously would have put much more of a ceiling on what Tennessee could have accomplished this year. Now that they've won those Ole Miss Kentucky, those are the types of games that now define the rest of Tennessee's season. I think we fully expect Tennessee to, to beat Vanderbilt, which is struggling quite a bit. Uh, You would expect them to beat South Alabama. So this looks like at least a six win team, right? This is the type of game that you have a chance to maybe steal uh, if you want to call it that it's it, it, it would be at least a minor upset for Tennessee at this point. And yeah, this is uh, there's a lot on the line. Uh, you could, you could sense that in the way Tennessee's players and, and Josh Heupel spoke on Monday. I think that there was a different tone to, to some of the things they said. I thought about just the, you know, Josh Heupel emphasizing they need an electric atmosphere at the game Saturday night. And, uh, you know, players just talk, you know, acknowledging this, this game means something. Jerome Carvin had some comments to that uh, along those lines. So I, I think this is a game that, that clearly you, you've got to throw everything you have out there. If that's some guys who are a little bit limited, you do that. If it's, you know, seeing what, how much more you can stretch Tyler Barron and, and guys like that who are a little banged up, maybe you do that. Because as you said, uh, you know, you've got Alabama the next week, but I, I don't think a lot of people expect Tennessee to win that game. Not that you concede it, but, to me, if you had to pick the game between those two to throw the kitchen sink at every at everything you 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 can do to to win a, a game, it's the Ole Miss game because you actually have a chance to a legitimate chance to win this one at home. 
and it's it's important. It, it changes the the outlook of the rest of the season. I think a little bit if you win this one, so uh, it's an important game for Tennessee to try to do that and see if they can get a lot of those injured guys back out there in a in a something close to a full capacity this week. Yeah, you know, Heupel says consistently that college football's regular season is basically 12 one-week seasons. I do think he believes that. I, I, I don't think he's just spouting off a cliche to waste time there. Uh, he, Coaches he, have he, to. He, he does that sometimes, but, you know, I, I think mostly he just believes this. That said, he knows that every week is different, and he knows that you're looking at 12 games and you have to think about the long haul. And I think this is one of those games where you say, you know what, circle it, throw everything you can think of out there, and then, you know, if it works, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But then you just draw up some new stuff on Monday or Sunday night. I mean, that that's just – that's how I would look at this week. I'm not a coach. That's not my job. But that – I would think this is a game where you could sort of circle wagons a little bit, do what you can with what you've got, and throw a lot out there, and then, you know – then you go on and you worry about Bama the next week. Don't worry about it yet. That's sort of how I would go about it. But then again, that, that's not my job and that's not what I do. But this would be a time I would do it because this is a time where that could be the difference, especially in a game where, as we talked about earlier, the familiarity between these two staffs and how well they know each other's offenses, Levy being kind of the tie that binds them, that they, they know what the other wants to do. So, you know, you got to throw things out there and see if it works. I think this is a game that, of course, the other school of thought is you just do what you do and you execute what you can execute best, and then you take your chances there. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But the bigger thing to me is who's out there doing it, and and this would be a game um, to do that. So we'll see. There's a lot more that we're going to talk about this week with this matchup because there's so many interesting things about it. And, and again, congratulations to Turnage. That's a really neat story, especially them, you know, having his daughter there to celebrate with in the locker room. It's good stuff. I mean, it's, you know, I, I was there on Monday, Ryan, when, when Turnage uh, basically flipped on his phone after practice and found out that he had been SEC defensive player of the week. And I was like, hey, hey, congratulations. He was like, bro, I just saw this. And you could tell that like, it's not, like being named an AP All-American or anything like that, or like winning the Thorpe Award. But still, for a guy who's been waiting his entire college football career basically to get a chance to play first at Alabama, now at Tennessee, you transfer to Tennessee and you think, I got, I got a chance to start here. And then you're not starting, and then he just sticks with it. He keeps doing his job, and boom, his first start, he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. It's a neat story. And really, if, it, you, if you look at the film, Ryan, he played really well. He, he did. This was not just uh, – he had 14 tackles, which is a massive number. It's not just a production number. I, th- I think he played really well in this game. And it, it, it does raise some interesting questions. I know you threw the question at Josh Heupel on, on Monday, and it's, it's a totally fair one. Now that you have Brandon Turnage showing that maybe, hey, maybe he's capable of, of being a pretty effective star, uh, and Theo Jackson has obviously played there most of this season at that position, where, you know, does that give you more flexibility to maybe – maybe move Theo Jackson to safety where, where Tennessee has had more issues this season or to, to experiment with some different combinations back there. And Josh Heupel didn't say a whole lot, of course, about what he would do, uh, about whether there would be any changes there. But he, he kind of was like, yeah, well, that's that's an option. We, we, we can definitely play those guys. Those those guys can't play multiple positions. So Yeah, um, but a- a- yeah. asking Heupel the questions like that, it's kind of funny because I almost laugh. Like you, you can't see it through the, through the face masks, the face coverings for the indoor pressers, but – I'm laughing usually when I ask these things because I know what he's going to say, but it's like we still have to ask. 
you have to, but it's, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting discussion because yeah, they, they have developed some depth at some spots this year. Uh, I, I wonder if you see a little more rotation from Tennessee throughout the year, maybe not this week. I'm not sure this week is a good time to throw that out there, but you know, they, they've rotated at linebacker. I, I think you don't hesitate to rotate in the secondary. If you can get fresh bodies who are, who are capable of helping you put them out there. So I, I wonder if throughout the year, do we see a little more Brandon Turnage sprinkled in there? Even if Theo Jackson is healthy and playing well, it's a, uh, I'm sure Theo Jackson's going to step right back into the starting lineup. He's a dependable veteran who's played great up to this point. Um, I think Turnage's performance though shows us that star position is going to lead this team in tackles until further notice that part of it is just the way defense is played these days and, and how they have used that star position. It is set up for someone to make a lot of plays and that's why you need somebody good at that in that spot. So some of it's just the role, but obviously Theo Jackson's played well. I'm sure if he's healthy, he's going to be in there this week, but it does get them a lot better options and, and give this staff a lot of credit because We've seen this before, you know, like Tennessee fans will, I'm sure, continue to say they've been through this a few times over the past decade. Obviously, understandable to be a little hesitant to, to heap too much praise on a staff, but give this staff a lot of credit, I think, for developing players and, and continuing to bring guys along. We've seen can, guys continue to come along, like Brandon Turnage, who played well when given the opportunity, and, and that's a sign of, you know, strong development and, and good coaching throughout the staff. I think the staff's done a pretty good job so far. Uh, Lenith Whitehead at running back comes to mind. Several guys at Walker Merrill. Walker Merrill. Yeah. Yeah. have caught passes. So they've, they've gotten some good contributions throughout the roster. Ollie Lane stepping in on the offensive line. The staff has continued to bring guys along that have, have stepped in and filled in very well when, when given the opportunity. Yeah. And that brings to mind another, another thing that, that is interesting is that because Theo Jackson's played so well at star of the best football of his career, you really probably don't want to move him, but if you're trying to get your best six or five, your best five out there in in your secondary, there's a chance Turnage at least is in the discussion right now for being one of your best five. There are six positions in the secondary, and Theo Jackson and Brandon Turnage know all six of them. They just do. They're smart guys. They've been around football. They know those positions. So you have, you know, different options there with those guys. So it'll be interesting to see if Theo Jackson is indeed back and, and also Danico Slaughter, he's done some good things when he's been out there. So how do you, you know, and then you think about that's not even mentioning guys like Christian Charles and Tamari McDonald. I mean, they've, they've got some depth there more than I think a lot of us thought they would have, which is a good sign because I still am really bullish on Tamari McDonald. I think that kid ever gets everything squared away. And, you know, he is a really talented player. He brings the thunder when he hits you. Uh, so there's a lot of th- reasons to be excited about that group going forward. Ron, before we get out of here, we do need to talk about recruiting because Tennessee uh, did not have a lot of guys you know, on campus early in the season. They were more focused on the field, getting off to a good start. Seems like as the, the more high-profile games have come in, uh, there's been some more visitors. Certainly there were some in town last weekend, going to be another busy week this weekend. Give us uh, some recruiting updates, if you don't mind. Yeah, th- this weekend was a l- little busier for Tennessee. The noon kickoffs, for one thing, have not done Tennessee a lot of favors with getting guys in uh, because you are limited sometimes with guys playing Friday night games. It's just hard to get people in for more than four or five hours outside of Knoxville, and that that limits your ability to to get some guys in sometimes for those noon kickoffs. But um, but still a, a busier weekend. A few official visitors. Uh, Joshua Josephs, the edge rusher from the Atlanta area, was in town his official visit. He is mostly been quiet over the past several weeks uh still sounds like that one is a tennessee michigan battle and i think this this visit definitely 
you know, help Tennessee uh, continue to, to give itself a chance in that race. You know, Michigan has felt good, I think, about its chances recently. But, you know, he, he's downplayed distance recently. I still wonder in the end if, if distance might work in Tennessee's favor. But that one's going to go for several more weeks. He's going to take a couple more visits at least. And looking, looking at maybe a, a November decision, it sounds like right now. So uh, that, that one's not over yet. But I think this weekend helped Tennessee. Uh, the other big official visitor, Davison Igbenosin, uh, a former Rutgers commitment, four-star cornerback from New Jersey, uh, really defensive back more so than just a true corner. He's a guy that could play safety or, or anywhere in the secondary. Um, he just committed, decommitted from Rutgers last week, uh, despite his brother currently being a freshman defensive back at Rutgers. And, uh, and, and now Tennessee, interesting setup here, Tennessee battling Ole Miss and Rutgers uh, in that one. Rutgers not out of the picture just yet, as you would imagine with that being the home state school and with his brother being there, but he did decommit and and that at least opens the door a lot more, I think for Tennessee to be a factor and that visit this weekend really impressed uh, Igbenosin. I I think he is definitely a real, I I bet that's not awkward for his brother or anything. Yeah, (laughs) I would imagine that's an interesting uh, topic of discussion (laughs) over the past week at the Rutgers football complex, but that is, uh, Hey, you know, Sometimes guys don't necessarily have to follow their, their siblings to, to a school. That's uh, I'm sure Rutgers had that in mind. Uh, you know, when, when they got his, his brother Desmond that, Hey, this, this might help with his brother too. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I think since he's at least put themselves in a pretty good spot going into uh, to at least a couple more visits he'll take, he's going to take, it sounds like an official visit to Ole Miss at some point uh, in the next several weeks. So that one, not going to be over till December, but those were the, the two, main official visitors, the other one being offensive line commitment, Brian Grant, who very locked in with Tennessee. That, 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 that was just sort of a, uh, a chance for him to see a game, I think, and uh, reaffirm everything he already felt about Tennessee. So everything's good there. And uh, he, he's, he's set to sign with Tennessee in December and uh, potentially be an early enrollee, but that's not been uh, fully discussed yet. So they're still looking into that. Uh, several important unofficial visitors too. Got some real talent in the 2023 class on campus. Some important 2022 targets were also at this one unofficially. Uh, Jordan Thomas, a Mississippi State defensive back commitment from Alabama, was back in town on unofficial. That's his second trip to Tennessee since late June. I think Tennessee has really put itself in position to have a chance to flip him from Mississippi State. Uh, But he's going to give it more time. I think he wants to continue to keep the door open, see some other schools maybe, see if anybody else offers this season. Doesn't want to rush to a final decision because – the minute you do that and then some other school jumps in, then you wish you you hadn't decided so soon and, and you don't want people to think you're considering flipping a second time. So I think he's just taking his time for now. But if he was deciding today, I think Tennessee's got a real shot. I think they put themselves in, in a pretty good position there. James Pierce, also an important target, a, a edge rusher uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina. He has sort of blown up this season a little bit. Georgia offered not too long ago. Uh, Tennessee's been on him for a few months now and really has, has made him a priority. I think Tennessee's got a, a pretty good shot there too, because he's, he's now been to two of Tennessee's first four home games this season. So, so really big for them to get him back on campus and he still has an official visit left here if he, if he wants to take one. So that, that bodes well for Tennessee. So I think they really, really made some, some good strides with some of those guys. And then in the 2023 class, just a few of the names, Devin Hyatt, the younger brother of Jalen Hyatt, obviously, highly ranked wide receiver in the 2023 class from IMG Academy down in Florida. He was back in town for his second visit since June. Um, so some guys that, that have gotten offers from Tennessee recently and, and, and not been 
on campus before, like Darren Reed, a four-star defensive lineman from Columbus, Georgia, also visited. And then some in-state targets, Jacob Page, the 2023 wide receiver from Innsworth in Nashville. Uh, some important 2024 targets, Edwin Spillman and, uh, and Caleb Beasley from Lipscomb Academy in Nashville. So uh, a very productive weekend for Tennessee getting some guys in for this one. And I think you're going to see even more of that Saturday night. We'll find out certainly more throughout the week, but I uh, think Tennessee's going to have some important unofficial visitors, and, and we'll see about official visits this weekend. Certainly a possibility we could see more, uh, but the Saturday night, kickoff that I think that's going to give Tennessee an opportunity to get a lot of guys in town. One we've already confirmed a couple weeks ago, uh, a five-star quarterback, Nico, Iam, uh, <laughs> I always get tripped up on it. Iyama Leava, Nico Iyama Leava uh, from California will be in town for this one unofficially. That's, that's his plan as of the latest we've heard, uh, but he confirmed that one a couple weeks ago. One of Tennessee's top quarterback targets in the 2023 class. So he was just at Ole Miss actually this past weekend. And uh, and now or, or, or recently, and now you give a you give a visit to Tennessee to see Ole Miss play. So those are obviously two of the teams he's looking at on this side of the country, along with Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. It's a big time battle for him. Ohio State's in that one. So major competition, but getting him on campus from California bodes well uh, for Tennessee, at least having a shot. And we'll see if they can make a good impression. I think Walter Nolan, the five star defensive lineman, will probably make his first game at Tennessee this weekend. We'll see if he confirms that at some point throughout the week, but I think he'll probably be there. So should be a pretty good turnout for Tennessee this weekend. And uh, as you would expect for what's really been the marquee home game of, of their season so far. Yeah. Anytime you start to doubt the people start to doubt the the power of the Tennessee brand, you see like a, you know, a five-star quarterback from California coming in to visit, which coming in to visit doesn't mean you're going to do anything, but it still means that, it, you know, a kid like that from across the country is making a trip to see your team play. I mean, it's, Every time you think the Tennessee brand w- with another, you know, coaching hire, a couple years of frustration, every time you start to think that, you know, they're just going to be able to, they're not going to be able to keep recruiting guys like this. They keep finding a way to get in with kids like this, don't they? It's just this brand just does not go away. Yeah. And they, it, it, look, it, it's, it's found some challenges in recent years. It has. There's no question uh, that, that the past 12 years have taken a toll on Tennessee and they've, they've faced some, Challenges in state uh, as much as anything because their other teams are able to come into Tennessee and Tennessee's name ha- hasn't carried quite as much weight. But then, you, like you said, you see other examples of this where they're able to go to the West Coast. And even though a guy has offers from Ohio State and other big programs like that, it, he's willing to come in for an unofficial visit during the season, uh, which is not easy to do, obviously, from California. So uh, things like that continue to show you that, yeah, you, you can recruit nationally at Tennessee and, and do it pretty successfully. And uh, it's, it's a good sign for this staff. You know, we've, we've said all, all year, they really had some setbacks early, uh, with the 2022 class that just made it hard. They just fell behind because of the dead period, because of everything Tennessee dealt with earlier this year. Now to see them getting some traction a little bit more with the 2023 class. Uh, I know recruiting has been a big question for a lot of fans about this staff. Are they going to be able to recruit at a high level? Are they going to be able to sign top 10 classes at Tennessee or anything like that? Obviously, the jury's still out on that, but we are seeing a good, a pretty steady stream of, of highly ranked guys in the 2023 and 2024 classes early this season. And this weekend, I think we'll show more of that. So that's, that's a good sign. I think if you're if any, any people worrying about that kind of thing, I think what we've seen so far this season suggests it's going to kind of be more of what we've traditionally seen at Tennessee, which is you're almost always going to be able to get some pretty good talent on campus. And I think that's probably a good way to end it. Let's uh, let let let's let the people a couple wins in a row, 
Uh, so in there for some big recruits. Let's 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 leave the people on a high, Ryan. You got any problem with that? Do you want to you want to wet blanket no. it, or you want to just go ahead and get out of here? I, I think that's a good place to leave it. I appreciate you joining us, man. Thanks, Ryan. We'll get you on here again uh, here in a couple of days. I'm sure. Sounds good. Thanks, Wes. And I think if I can find that button, guys, where is it? There it is. Thank you all for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Thank you to Ryan for joining us. Uh, but more importantly, thanks to you all out there for listening. We always say it, but we always mean it. We always appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, you can get that at Twitter.com slash GoVols 24-7. You can also go to Facebook.com slash GoVols 24-7. Now that Zuckerberg and those guys have got their ship flying again, uh, we, we got that uh, their airships back in the air. We can get that to you, to you if I can get my words out correctly. Facebook.com slash GoVoss247. But if you want the best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, Ronnie Millsap style, go get that at GoVoss247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting. We'll have more basketball stuff for you later in the week, too, with those guys getting cranked up for preseason stuff. Lots of hype there. We'll have got plenty to talk about there. Tennessee baseball, always stuff going on with that program now. Lots of good stuff. Lady Vols coverage, where, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all year long. All of that, all of that, you get at GoVols247.com. And you get all that plus access to the best uh, database in college sports. You get access to the checkerboard and the summit where you can talk to us and thousands of Tennessee fans across the world all day long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. And you can get all that for the less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. And if you do that, you pay us that really, really reasonable price. On top of that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. That is $100 plus annual value in your pocket for free. No questions asked. It's just, it's just, there it is. You click a couple things and there it is for free. That's every show CBS has ever made commercial free. Lots and lots of Paramount Plus exclusive stuff. The Star Trek stuff, Picard, Evil, all that good stuff. You know, new movies like Queen Pin, some other really good, Quiet Place 2, all kinds of great old classic movies on there. You get stuff from the vaults of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, Comedy Central. All of that. All of that. Plus live sports. Tennessee stuff, SEC stuff, NFL stuff. Uh, you get PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, World Cup qualifiers. All kinds of great stuff. And more. That's $100 plus annual value commercial free in your pocket for nothing. So go take advantage of that right now. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Go collect $100 of a free value and go to GoVols247.com. If nothing else, you should hear from us uh, by Thursday at the latest if there's nothing big breaking before then. So until then, uh, be nice to each other. There's a lot of nastiness out there in the world right now, and it's it's got to stop at some point. Let's just try a little empathy. Try a little kindness. See how it treats you. We'll see you all in a couple days. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 